Welcome to LOA Today. Walt Thiessen and Life Coach David Barkey here. Today is Sunday, December 31st, 2017, the very last day of, De- of 2017. It's 11 a.m. Eastern Time. If you are able to join us live, we're very glad that you were able to do so. Uh, even on this very, very cold day, we're in the middle of a cold snap here in the northeastern part of the U.S. And, uh, uh, David, it's, uh, been pretty cold here. I gather it's been pretty cold there, and it even gave you a cold, I'm, I'm happy to say. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah, it's been super cold here, and I've had this cold for like a week, and, uh, doing my best to <clears throat> keep my thoughts in the right place, even though it's a little difficult when you're coughing and hocking up stuff and oh, yeah. feeling great, but, you know, I'm still doing my best to uh, remind myself it's just temporary, and in a few days it'll be gone, and then everything will be... Well, hopefully you're past all the, the fever stuff and so forth, so you're just in the drainage part where that, that goes yeah. by quickly. <laughs> I mean, that part that just kind of lingers. Yeah, yeah. And that's uh, where you whatever. just take care of yourself, It'll, and you, you just be nice to yourself. In the, <laughs> in the end of it. Right. But I have some really... Really nice wins to share. Oh, good. That, yeah, so um, I have been wanting to update my website as well as do some um, search engine optimization to it. And someone that I know said, oh, I know a really great guy who's, who does that. So I talked to him, and he, he really was very knowledgeable, and he showed me a lot of things behind the scenes that I didn't even know that weren't even set up correctly. So... Um, I really wanted him to do it, but of course, you know, he was going to charge me, and I needed some extra money to make it happen. So I just started really, I mean, I'm, I'm always uh, telling myself, you know, I'm abundant, I'm financially abundant, all, all those wonderful affirmations, mm-hmm. but I decided, let me do some extra work on that, because now I need to, you know, generate some money so I can hire this guy to help my website. So I started doing some law of attraction processes deliberately focusing on financial uh, abundance and all that wonderfulness. And do you know that, um, you know what a scratch-off ticket is? Yeah. A lottery scratch-off? Right. So, well, I couldn't believe it. I got a scratch-off in New York City. This is two weeks ago. I won $2,000. Oh, my goodness. Wow. I could not believe it. I was like, what? <laughs> Thank you, Law of Attraction. <laughs> yeah, it was like, Wow. And that was very, very um, fun to win that money. I'm sure it was. And then last week, I won $1,000. Oh, my goodness. Which, I mean, this is, like, amazing because, you know, (laughs) every once in a while I'll buy a scratch. You know, you win, like, 50 bucks, 100 bucks. But to win that kind of money was, like, proof to me that, wow, look, here I was really focusing on financial abundance and, having a lot of money and how good it would feel and all that kind of wonderfulness. And look what I attracted. I don't think that was an accident. I really don't. It, it proves that you had belief about it. I mean, Joel likes to yes. tell a story about he helps a lot of people with addiction issues and so forth. He himself was a mm-hmm. recovering gambling addict. And, of course, he gets other gambling mm-hmm. addicts for clients. Um, and he had one client who came to him one time and said, I, I so much appreciate everything you've been teaching me about the law of attraction because he, te- he uses the law of attraction in his practice. And uh, he says, I, I'm so grateful you've been teaching me this stuff. And I, you know what I did? I went out and I bought 100 lottery tickets because now I am 100% sure I'm going to win the lottery. <laughs> and, and, yeah. Joel, and, and Joel said, I, I don't know how to tell you this, but I'm 100% sure you're not going to win. 
And the guy says, what? Why? He says, because you bought 100 lottery tickets. It only takes one. The fact that you bought 100 proves you don't believe you're going to win it. <laughs> so your belief made all the difference. Win, no, goodness. no, he didn't win. <laughs> oh, my goodness. But your, well, belief, your belief proved out. You bought one. You were confident. You knew that one was all it took, and so that's what you did. And then yeah, you did it again later on. Like, wow. <laughs> and I think the the thousand dollar win was just like a residual high vibration from the previous week. Oh, you, you think the belief was carrying over? Okay. Well, hey, that's good. Anyway, that, that was. Yeah, I just wanted to share that. And you know, not so much like, oh, look at me winning all this money. It's more because I deliberately focused on financial abundance, did a bunch of processes that helped keep my vibration high about it. I wasn't concerned with how. Like, I didn't know that's how it was going to happen. Mm -hmm. And uh, look what happened. Yeah, fantastic. That's really great. <laughs> that's a great result. Yeah, you know, so that's a really fun win, few wins there that I wanted to share with you. Yeah, I'm glad you and, did. Uh, what about you? What wins have you been having lately? Oh, I had a fun win yesterday. <laughs> this was, well, you know, Cindy Chavez, who, who's now doing the Tuesday and Wednesday morning podcast with me. Yeah. Well, she was so appreciative of me asking her to be one of the co-hosts that she decided to send me a copy of the book E Squared by Pam Grout. Do you know that book? I don't know that. What is it about? I, I didn't know it either. It's actually a collection of um, nine scientific exercises you can do to prove to yourself that the law of attraction works. And, Ooh, I love it. Yeah, I mean, it sounds like an interesting concept. And so she, she sent me the book, and I was really glad that she did. I appreciated that. Told her so. And, uh, of course, during the holidays, it's kind of hard to find some time. But uh, yesterday, I finally sat down yeah. and said, okay, I'm going to start reading this thing. So I started reading it, and it turns out Pam Grout is a very funny writer. I, I, if for no other reason, even if you don't believe in the law of attraction, I recommend it just because she's a funny writer. It's just fun to, to, yeah, to read you, her How stuff. do you spell her name? G-R-O-U-T. Oh, just like it sounds. Yep, grouch. Pam Grout. Okay. You know, like Grout in the bathroom or something. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So anyway, she, she's a great writer. She's fun to, to read, very lighthearted, you know, just a good sense of humor and so forth. So we get to the first chapter, and the first chapter is essentially an exercise in just testing to see, is there anybody out there, right? <laughs> That's the funny right. way of putting it. Like, you know, God, the universe, source energy, whatever you want to call it. She calls it the field of potentiality. The, okay. the, the, the scientific, uh, study is to put a request out to whatever you call that and ask that it be delivered to you within 48 hours and that it be delivered with some sort of a blessing, some sort of a boon, some sort of an unexpected benefit, mm. you know, kind of thing. And you can't specify what that benefit's going to be. You have to leave that up to God or the universe or whatever. Yes. Okay. Now, she recommends that you, you, st you state, okay, God, universe, I am asking you to send me undeniable proof that you exist and that you are there to work on my behalf. This is not the way she said it. This is the way I'm saying it. And right. I want you to send me a blessing that demonstrates it to me so that I have, I have tangible evidence of it. Okay. So I said, all right, and so I'll, I'll do this, so I say it, and then it says, okay, now treat this like a scientific study, record the date and the time, so I said, okay, so let's see, it's December 30th, 2017, it was yesterday, right? I said, okay, I got to get the time, and, and I have to admit I was lazy, I wasn't actually writing it down, I was just, you know, thinking right. it, you know, but 
I picked up my cell phone, and, and before I tell you what the time was, i got to tell you that previously throughout the day I'd been um, interacting on Facebook and Reddit, a couple places, um, with people who were looking for LOA help. Kind of a way to, to um, pr- uh, promote the show, by the way, just by, you know, right. I'm out there helping people. So, you know, by the way, I also have the podcast, come listen, that kind of thing. Yeah. And a number of them, it's been amazing. Even Joel does this, although I know he doesn't get all stuck on it. But a number of people get really fascinated by things like times that show 11-11 or numbers that show up in various places, you know, ratios that show up right. 16 to 16 or stuff like that, you know, 555, 9-11, all this other thing, <laughs> you know. And, yeah. and it's amazing. There are a number of people who really get all worked up about it to the point where when when it's happening, it's like, is there is it a sign? What's it a sign of? I don't know what it's a sign of. I sh- I'm getting freaked out because I don't know what the sign is. And I'm saying, <laughs> calm down, folks. This is not that big of a deal. <laughs> You're focusing yeah, on stuff that's yeah. just going to drive you nuts. It drives me nuts to think about it. <laughs> <laughs> so I dealt with a number of people who were, who were feeling that way, and I was trying to calm them down. And then I go to read this book, and I get to that point, and I get to the point where I'm writing the time down, and I check the time on my cell phone. You know what the time was? 5.55. And I saw that, and I burst out laughing because I realized instantly that the universe had responded to me with, okay, here's your evidence. (laughs) And as I'm thinking that, I start to laugh. And as I'm laughing, I realized, oh, well, there's the boon. There's the blessing. It's giving me a good laugh, too. So the whole experiment was over in a split second. (laughs) And when I realized that, I would just went into hysterics. I'm rolling on, I'm, I'm lying on the bed reading this, and I'm just rolling around the bed just completely oh out of control God. with laughter over this thing. I mean, <laughs> this is a test that was supposed to last 48 hours, and I finished it in less than a second. <laughs> <laughs> so that was a lot of fun. <laughs> it sounds it, my goodness. And it, yeah. It's actually very good. I mean, I, I liked it because it reinforced something that, I, I've known to be true, but it's helpful to have evidence of it. The universe likes speed. And boy, did that happen fast. I mean, it was like, snap, it was done. Like, whoa, what happened? <laughs> yeah. It was yeah. really fast. So it, it goes to prove any time that it seems like a slow, we're doing the resisting because it ain't the universe. The universe turns around real quick. Whoa. Yes. Yes, that's right, because sometimes things can manifest very quickly, and sometimes they don't. Yeah, and when they don't, it's almost always us, as far as I know. I've never heard of any exception. I say almost always because I leave open the possibility, but as far as I know, it's us. (laughs) Yeah, that resistance, any of that doubt, worry, or fear about it, for sure. Yeah, yeah. Blocks it, blocks it from happening. I also had an... That's great, plus you, you had a really good laugh which was a vibration oh it was wonderful it was wonderful i mean and and you know how much i've been emphasizing the feel-good part in the last month two months or so and i've been experiencing too i've been having a lot of fun doing the podcast i've been feeling high most of the time i my my um positivity my my emotional set point is high in the emotional range high in the positive range and has been there for like 80 to 90 percent of the time i mean it's been great it's been the the best it's been the best ever really for me so yeah and this just added to that. This is like, you know, I'm just like falling over backwards on this one. <laughs> and as my wife said, it shows I'm in the vortex. It's not like I have to get there. I'm already there. Look how quick it all happened, you know? <laughs> yes, yes. So. <laughs> Very good. Yeah, it, it was really something. It was great. 
Now, there was something else that happened, and, and we are going to get, for people who are wondering, we, we haven't finished Abraham Hicks's asking is given. We are going to get to chapter 19, but a couple more things I wanted to go through here. Well, actually, one more thing I wanted to go through before we do that. Actually, it kind of ties together now that I think about it. But yeah. I was interacting with somebody on a Facebook group this morning, and this person was talking about how she's really generally good at, at attracting things into her life, but since last March... She's been struggling and struggling and struggling and struggling. And so I was kind of working with her, trying to get a feel for what was going on. It took quite a bit of conversation because her situation was really different from anything I'd ever experienced before. So I think it was more me stumbling around trying to find what was going on. I mean, I was giving her ideas and so forth, but she was feeding them back to me in a way that was saying, wait a minute, something's not right here. I don't understand what it is. It turns out she is a person who is very well versed in LOA. And she's been taught by various people that one of the most important things to do is to get your ego out of the way, which is fine as far as that goes. But apparently the way she's been taught to do that includes not allowing herself to look at her own thoughts. Apparently, how, in her, that get in, how did that get in there? I'm I'm not 100% sure, and I had to cut it off, um, kind of cut it short because obviously I was getting ready to do this podcast with you, but yeah, the, the, the it it appears that what she has somehow concluded is that if you are in any way examining your thoughts, whether you're in a positive zone or a negative zone, you are getting your ego in the way. No, that doesn't make sense to me. But. but that's what she's been trained to believe. And I can I can see uh, that. I can see that because the way that philosophy, it's, it's sort of like the now philosophy, living in the now, but the way it's often taught is that you need to get your ego out of the way. And they become almost obsessive about it, if you know what I mean. Because, because the concern is if your ego gets in the way, then you are going to block yourself from your true inner self. And And that's an interesting way to look at it. But when it becomes so obsessive that you're blocking yourself from your own thoughts, that's when I think it's kind of crossed the line myself. So I, yeah, I was trying. Sound, yeah. It doesn't sound very healthy, right? So I, I was oh. trying to. I was trying to encourage her. I was trying to help her. You know, look at what, what's the worst thing that could happen if you know, if you looked at your thoughts and, and that kind of thing. And, and I didn't really get very far because again we got cut off. I didn't have time to continue with it. But I was yeah. trying to encourage her to believe you really can look at your thoughts without having your ego inflate out of control. In fact, by cutting yourself off from that, you're cutting yourself off from one of the most important tools you have to attract. Of course. You know? So it, it, it's just interesting to see that that's the one thing that I've learned the most just in the last week or 10 days or whatever that I've been engaging in groups on Facebook that are about law of attraction. Mm -hmm. There are so many misconceptions out there. I mean, that's just one. Totally true. Because with all the people that I talk to as well, I don't know who they're listening to or what they're reading, but a lot of times they don't really know what the law of attraction is or they claim they do. Or they have certain ideas, and I'm like, where did they hear this? Another thing I ran into is there are a number of people who are followers of Neville Goddard, who teaches, uh, he doesn't teach what we call law of attraction, but he teaches stuff that is very compatible in many ways with law of attraction theory. And I was fascinated to see how many of them are just, not, not just resistant, but, oh, what's the word? Like, disdainful 
of hmm. law of attraction theory, particularly Abraham Hicks. I mean, there, there's one really? group there. Yeah, there's one group there that um, it's, it's something like the Neville Goddard group or something like that. I can't remember what the name of the group is. It's on Facebook. Right. And in their introduction where they list the rules for the group, they don't allow any kind of reference to any of that bullshit you know, channeling stuff. Oh, my God. And I thought, whoa, that's a pretty strong reaction. <laughs> wow. So, yeah, there's a lot I mean, of wild stuff out there. Yeah. I mean, to me, you have to be resonating with Abraham, with Abraham, if you want to be about know about law of attraction. Well, I don't think you have to. I, I don't think you have to resonate with with the fact that it's a channeled entity. But I also don't think you have to be hostile. <laughs> There's no need for it. It's like okay, <laughs> if you don't buy into it, so fine. I, just, I can I just understand mean the that. Information. The yes. information, yeah, the information's true regardless of whether it's channeled. I agree with you there. You know, but but, yeah. but but why get hostile about the channeling thing? I don't I don't get that yeah, part. Something. Something's something's going on there. Yes, there's something going on. (laughs) (laughs) So that sounds too extreme regarding some some really good information. Yeah, yeah. In fact, it was kind of funny too because uh, one of the people who was getting like that, they're also really interesting about their own feelings because um, somebody who comes from that viewpoint was answering a question on one of the LOA groups, and the way he answered. the way he was responding to it was had a little bit of a hostility built in. You couldn't really put your finger on it, but it just didn't feel right. nice. And so I, I was just kind of engaging that person, trying to, in a very nice way, trying to find, you know, so what is it that you're driving at and so forth? And putting the hostile part aside, the one of the interesting things was that he considers the whole idea of spirit or source energy or the universe as being a a duality of thought. And apparently, according to the way Goddard tries to teach things, Goddard, and I'm not saying that these people are representing Goddard well. I don't even know that. Right. I, I really have right. no idea. I haven't studied Goddard enough to be able to say. But apparently, Goddard teaches that you are God and that, that the concepts of God and you are synonymous. So it, apparently, in the view of this person, if you are talking about the universe or source energy, you're treating it as if an externality is different from you. And which is not actually how I think about it, but, you know, that's the way he was treating it. Exactly. You know? So I said, well, okay. Um, I I actually don't think about that way. I kind of think they're all pretty much extension to me, but I find it to be useful. And and he was just hammering me on it. I said, and I'm thinking to myself, okay, (laughs) well, isn't it true then, and I didn't say this to him because I wasn't trying to start a fight with him, but isn't it true then that if you refer to God in yourself, you're actually talking about a duality? Why is it a duality to talk about the universe in yourself, but not a duality to talk about God in yourself? Mm-hmm. And if you're really going to be true to it, then what you actually have to do is you have to replace every use of nouns like God, the universe, source energy, you know, field of potentiality, any of that stuff. You have to replace it with me or I or, or, right. one, or one of yeah. the, the personal pronouns. So yeah. um, I, I ask myself... Uh, for this, and and I always answer yes, and, I, and and it starts to become really repetitive. Like, what on earth are you talking about? It's like you're you're this egotist who's just talking to yourself all the time. It's not a useful way of communicating. You know what I mean? There, there's yeah. usefulness in, in treating not treating it like it's external, but just by having different names to to refer to. So so it looks like it's more like a conversation than just narcissism. You know? <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> but but they don't see it that way. It's really it, it's fascinating. So there's a lot of diversity out there. I'll say that, and I'm learning a there lot is, about it. But, yeah, but it is interesting sometimes when I talk to different people. Like I think to myself, where did they learn about the law of attraction? Yeah, like, I don't know. What they're because I I always ask people when I first meet them, you know, like a potential client. I'm always like, well, how would you define the law of attraction? Because I want to kind of get an idea of how much they understand it. And most of the time, what I hear on the other end is not a, a real definition of it. Mm-hmm. But I don't know where people are getting the information from. But I don't know. I don't know. Anyway, I just thought I'd mention that because it was kind of fascinating. Um, but in a sense, it does dovetail with the chapter we're on in Asking It Is Given by Abraham Hicks. We're up to chapter 19 out of 22 wow. chapters, so we've almost finished the book. We've got four chapters to, <laughs> to go, including this one. And this one is entitled, Only You Can Know How You Feel About You. So you can see there's a sort yeah. of a similarity to what we're talking about there. Only you can know how you feel about you. Um, and let me just read the first bits here. It says... When you expect something, it is on it, on the way. When you believe something, it is on the way. And when you fear something, it is on the way. Your uh-huh. attitude or mood is always pointing toward what is coming, but you are never stuck with your current point of attraction. Interesting point. Just because you yeah. have picked up these thoughts, beliefs, attitudes, and moods along your physical trail does not mean that you have to continue attracting in response to them. You have creative control of your own experience. And by paying attention to your own emotional guidance system, you can change your point of attraction. If there are things in your experience that you no longer wish to experience, your belief must change. That's why I was trying to convince this other person this morning. If there are things that are not in your experience that you want to bring into your experience, your belief must change. There is no condition so severe that you cannot reverse it by choosing different thoughts. However, choosing different thoughts requires focus and practice. If you continue to focus as you have been, to think as you have been, and to believe as you have been, then nothing in your experience will change. Yeah. Which is exactly what's happening with, with this person that I was talking about. So, yes. Yes. Now it goes on to say, sometimes our physical friends will say, I'm stuck. I've been in this place for a very long time and I can't get out of it. I'm stuck. And you know what? I was one of those people, David. <laughs> there was a time that where I felt mm-hmm. totally stuck. I mean, I just had no idea. I mean, I knew that there was these steps I was supposed to take. I couldn't even bring myself to do them. It just seemed so unfamiliar. It seemed so impossible. It seemed incredible. It's a tough place to be in when you're You were like actually that. stuck? I can't believe that. Yeah, oh, yeah. With all that you know? <laughs> well, that's how I know it. learned it. That's how, I, that, that's how I acquired the knowledge because I was so stuck I had to find out how do I get out of this. I just yeah. kept studying stuff until yeah. I figured it out. <laughs> so when you when people say stuck, you mean like you were kind of in the same way for a while? Like, or... it, what it really means is that you're, you're mostly feeling negative and you're mostly allowing default attraction to go on. You're not actively moving your own needle to get yourself in the place to attract. And I, I really did not understand how to do it. I, I think I told you before, for the longest time, for most of my life, I actually believed it was impossible to move my own, my, my own mood, my own emotional set point. I thought my mm-hmm. mood was always going to be governed by what happened to me. Right, right. It, right. it wasn't until I started studying this material that, it dawned on me, they're actually talking about changing my own emotion, choosing and a different emotion or a different deliberately, thing. Deliberately, yeah. intentionally, and, and act, yeah. but, but not just deliberately, intentionally, actually being able to do it. That, that was yeah. a new idea. The idea I could actually control my own emotion, I could actually choose to feel differently about something, was preposterous. 
That's the way it felt. Yeah. It felt like it was preposterous. It was just that, that no, I mean that that just can't happen. That's that's the way it felt, you know. So what what happened that you suddenly realized that oh wait a minute no I can do something about it. Do you remember? Um, I re- I read a lot of Abraham Hicks. I, w- I actually I read a lot right. of this book to be, be now that I think about it. this one and Money and the Law of Attraction. I was studying both of those yeah. two books, and. Yeah. They kept referring to moving your emotional set point, moving your emotional set point. I was, I was yeah. wrestling with that, saying, "But how do you do that? You, you you can't move your own emotional set point. You have to wait for something to happen. There's no, you don't have any. <laughs> where there's no control. I looked in my chest. There's no control there. I've been there. I've, I've looked. It's not there. <laughs> <laughs> there's no switch. You know. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, that, yeah. that's the way I, I was thinking and feeling at the time, but. I persevered. I stuck with it. I said, you know what? There's something here because I do know that what they're talking about resonates with me. So there's got to be something here. There's got to be something here. There's got to be something here. And just by sticking with that attitude, I eventually got myself to try some stuff. And mostly I failed. Mostly I could not get that needle to move. And then as, as I often have told people, one day my wife made a suggestion to me. She said, you like to take walks, right? Well, when you're taking your walks, why don't you just spend some time appreciating nature? Just appreciate it. You know, you, you see a flower, go up and actually study the flower. Look at what the color are, color is, and actually it's more than one color. I mean, there's no such thing as a flower that has just one color. It may, have, it may be red, it's but it has like multiple reds. Hair, yeah, but no, no one has brown hair. It's a mixture of colors. And it's not just one. It's like it's not just one red. It's like 25 reds all kind of mixed together, yeah. you know? Yeah. And it's got yellows and it's got other stuff in it. So go and study all that stuff and appreciate it and see, wow, that's it's amazing what nature can do here. And just, you know, do all that with the flowers and the trees and the sun and the sky and the birds and the animals and so forth. And so I started doing that. And lo and behold, but like I found... Real, but in a real way, not just like... Oh, yeah. Yeah, not, well, not, not like fake. Like, what is this nonsense? Yeah, like, you really like, did it. Like, really? <laughs> well, I, I did as well as I could. At the time, yeah. I can't say I had a huge range of emotion to work with. I didn't. <laughs> but... I, within the realm of what I could do, which was fairly minimal, yeah. and I thought was zero, yeah. I tried to do it. And what I found yeah. was after I did that, I actually did feel better. And that's when I first started to put together the idea that I can influence my emotions if by no other method, just doing stuff that feels better. That's interesting. So it wasn't even like a huge feeling better. But it was oh, no, it was tiny. Where it was enough where you realized there was something happening. And it was major because it wasn't that I moved the needle just a little bit. The miracle was that right. I, moved, I moved it at all. Yeah, <laughs> like, that's what I'm saying. Yeah, I didn't think that was possible. You felt the difference. And you oh, felt yeah. the difference. I, was like, that, I, I didn't know you could do that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It was quite a revelation. And so most of my time since then has been spent on learning to move the needle more and more and more. And very quickly, once after I, I realized that I could move the needle, that it was possible for me to do that, then I, I reoriented myself and I said, okay, so, so what's the goal here? And I realized very quickly, especially from reading Abraham Hicks, the goal is to get yourself as happy as you can throughout as much of the day as you can, to be as happy all the time as you can be. Because if you do yeah. that, you're in the best place for moving the needle. So I said, oh, well, okay, that's what I want to do. And that's what I've spent like you know the last eight, nine years of my life doing, trying to learn how to get myself into that really happy place. And I'm getting there. I'm finally, after all these years, I'm getting there. Yay. Yeah, yay, indeed. And, as a, and also, as a result, you're, you're attracting experiences and circumstances that keep you feeling good. Yeah, that's true. That's true. It's a 
like you know, like energy attracts like energy. So by you keeping yourself at this raised vibration, you're setting yourself up to attract things into your life that support you at that high vibration. Yeah, it isn't so much things, although they do show up too. It's experiences. The experiences well, see, I, that's show. That's what up. I mean by th- yeah. yeah. Things, I, I, I know what you mean. Yeah. yeah, I just wanted to specify. It isn't physical stuff that necessarily shows up. It's experiences. It's, it's events that show up. It's thoughts yeah. that show up. And and they're very reinforcing, and they're really good, and and they make it a lot easier to let go of. Well, why isn't tons of stuff showing up? <laughs> why aren't why aren't why aren't there a pile of things out in my front porch? Because <laughs> obviously that can you want to stuff. Too. I mean, I've I've oh, attracted sure. stuff as well. Yeah, you know? but I don't want to get stuck on that, right? I don't want to to make my entire experience. <laughs> it's all good. It's I don't want all make, good. I don't want to make my entire experience about well well the physical stuff hasn't shown up yet. So I'm going to ignore all the rest of it. Where's the physical stuff? (laughs) Where's my Rolls Royce? Yeah, where's the Rolls Royce, right? (laughs) Believe it or not, I actually do not want a Rolls Royce. I have no interest in having one. (laughs) Or whatever, whatever your dream is. If a Rolls Royce did show up, you know what I would do with it? I'd sell it. (laughs) I don't want a Rolls Royce. So anyway, getting back to the article, it says, life is always in motion, so you cannot be stuck. Some of our physical friends will say, I'm stuck. I've been in this place for a very long time, and I can't get out of it. And we always explain that it is not possible to stand still or be stuck because energy, and therefore life, is always in motion. Things are always changing. So even someone who feels stuck, they're saying that you're not really stuck. Right. Yeah. The the only way I was stuck was in my mind. and. The stuck right. was basically an unwillingness, maybe, or an inability, I'm not quite sure what, to notice that everything was moving. Everything was in motion. In fact, the whole idea of vibration was quite foreign to me at that time. I, I would read in Abraham Hicks, in particular, about vibration. And literally, it didn't mean anything to me. I'm mean, Seriously, it didn't mean anything. I didn't understand wow. what it meant to say it was an abstraction. I didn't actually think, you know, stuff's vibrating because I could look at the, you know, the tissue box on the table and I don't see any vibration. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. You know, I, I, I could look over at the lamp and nope, no vibration over there. <laughs> <laughs> so this whole idea that everything was vibrating was crazy. I, I couldn't imagine how that was true. I had forgotten with a little that I knew about quantum physics. So the, this right. whole idea of everything being in vibration at all times, which is it isn't even taught in quantum physics. It's something that LOA teachers and new thought teachers have extracted from quantum physics as quantum physics mm-hmm. is today. I mean, Einstein said that everything was in motion, but he was one of the few who actually really understood it. <laughs> I mean, there, there are a number right. of these uh, quantum physics gurus, or I won't call them gurus because that sounds too new agey, um, <laughs> leading teachers, let's put it, in that, put it that way. These leading teachers who say that if the people who claim to understand quantum physics really understood it, they would be stunned. Wow. <laughs> they wouldn't be able to handle it. They, 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 have, they, they have not yet fully grasped just how unbelievable this stuff really is. They've tried to rationalize it, you know, to rationalize the, um, the unbelievable part out of existence so that they could handle it. And they have not fully grasped just how incredible it really is. Wow. Interesting. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that's true. I mean, I, I think that's not 
true forever. I think eventually the mainstream quantum physicists are are going to move into the arena of wow, this just this stuff's just plain amazing. This stuff's just plain unbelievable. This stuff's just plain incredible. Yeah. Yeah. But they're just not there yet. <laughs> well, I don't worry about it. I don't know about you. I just think that's where they're at. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, no, I don't worry about it. Yeah. So, anyway, moving on. It says, others cannot understand your desires or feelings. That's what I was feeling with this other person, I'll tell you. I did not understand right. what she was thinking. But anyway, yeah. um, others are often eager to guide you. I was trying to help her. She asked for help. She came to, to, to the group to ask for help. So, okay, I figure that's a good time True. to offer help. Yeah, yeah. There are endless people with endless opinions, rules, requirements, and suggestions <clears throat> for how you should live your life, but none of them are able to take into consideration the only thing that matters in achieving your desires. Others cannot understand the vibrational content of your desires, and they cannot understand the vibrational content of where you are, so they are not in any way equipped to guide you. And that's true. Mm -hmm. I mean, in, in one sense, you and every other life coach out there is a fraud. I mean, I'm not saying you should give up, you know, coaching. I'm not saying that at all. I'm just saying in this one sense, you're really all frauds because you really don't understand what's going on in their heads. You try to. You try to be empathetic. You try to help them and so on and so forth. But really, you can't do it for them. You can't You can't get there. They're the ones who have to get there. You can only give them the information. They have to do it. Oh, they sure. have to do the work. Yeah. Yeah. And, in fact, that's something that Louise was taught very early on as a therapist. Um, well, actually, not early on enough. She she had to go through a lot of pain before she got there. Because for oh, years, for years, yeah. she was trying. She she kept trying to work with. Uh, she was working with people who had substance abuse problems, and she would get frustrated because she she you know give these people the information. She would teach them. She'd coach them, and so forth. And they would stay alcoholic or they'd stay drug abusers, and it was right. eating her up alive. Until one of her supervisors one day said, "Louise, it's not your job to get them well." And she says, "It's not." No, it's not your job to get them well. That's their job. The only thing you can do is give them the information. Oh, thank God. <laughs> it was a real revelation for her, you know? Yeah. Because she yeah. thought, as a therapist, it was, her, it was her job to get them well. It wasn't her job. Just as like, it's not your job as a coach to get your, your clients into a better place. It's their job. Your job is just to teach them how. I can leave them there, but they have to do the work. Absolutely. Yeah. They have to do it. They, you yeah. can't do it for That's them. Speaking of Louise, has she made anything amazing lately? Uh, let's see. Like okay. Vibration raising food for you? Uh, she's been co cooking cookies, actually. She's been baking cookies. <laughs> Not exactly the like, ideal form of energy raising, but they are tasty, I'll say that. <laughs> like chocolate chips or what kind? Oh, yes. Don't keep saying those words. Those are my favorites, and she's made a whole batch of them. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I love chocolate. Like Tall House or chocolate chip, yeah. Oh, yeah. No, these are all homemade from scratch. I mean, she's just, oh, oh she's God. a good baker. Can she's you, a like, baker. put one through the phone line so I can taste it? <laughs> <laughs> well, let's see. I'll just put it on my Star Trek transporter device, and that'll just take it that's right over right. to your house. <laughs> <laughs> well, that sounds good. <laughs> oh, yeah, it's tasty. But let's see. What else? You know what we've been doing, actually? And we just started a couple days ago. We decided we were going to start working through the Abraham Hicks books together. And by together, right. we originally thought about it just in terms of we'll each get a copy and we'll read it. But then we said, well, let's do it the way we did the Harry Potter books. Because we both read the Harry Potter books, yeah. but we did them together. We read to each other. Very nice. So yeah. I, I would read three pages and then she would read three pages. And you know, over time, we, we'd work through the book that way. And it's fun because now you get to talk about it, right? 
You're, you're not talking about sure. after you both read the books and you're done. You talk about every single step of the way. So at the moment you come on something interesting, oh, let's talk about that part. And she was really grateful that uh, I suggested that we do that with this because she's getting into it again. And it's important to her because she's been, I mean, she's the one who came up with the idea. I don't know if I told you this, but uh, she came up with the idea of having me reach out to um, various LOA practitioners in our local area so we can develop local friendships. And we've been doing that. Yeah, yeah. We made a, a new set of friends on Thursday, in fact. They were among the first that responded to my outreach. And they're great. They, they live about uh, oh, 45 minutes away from here. And we just had a, we went out to dinner together. And we just had a wonderful evening. Just, you know, talking about law of attraction. Um, he's a, a, a Reiki instructor, so he was talking about Reiki. And it was right, just, it right. was just great. You know, t- yeah. having a whole conversation about Energy and source energy and, and, you know, what makes the universe tick and all that kind of stuff. That, that was fun. That was great. Yes. And it's great that you guys are going to read the books together. Yeah. And, you know, one thing is I, I've done that with some friends and it's great too because Louise can make some really good snacks and you can snack while you're reading. Yeah. <laughs> well, we got to stay away from the cookies. Those cookies will get you, I tell you. You do not want to do that as a regular habit. So we're going to try to find other snacks. But you're right. She is very good at making snacks. There's no doubt about it. Yeah. So you could be snacking on her really good, amazing whatever it is yeah, while the, you're reading together. Yeah, we're going to find those healthier snacks to snack on. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, getting back to the chapter. Um, So we now know that we can't rely on other people to guide us. We have to do our own guiding. We have to trust our own intuitions. We have to to know for ourselves what it is that we want and know for ourselves what our priorities are and so forth. We have to know our own preferences. And that's really what it comes down to. We have to know our own preferences. Um, Mm -hmm. It's not about good or bad. It's not about, you know, good and evil. It's not about right or wrong. It's about prefer and not prefer. And when you take all that, that moral junk out of the way and just reduce it down to prefer and not prefer, it becomes a lot simpler, you know? Mm-hmm. There's a lot less reason to fall into traps, a lot less reason to kind of trip over your own feet. You're just choosing what you prefer and what you don't prefer and yeah. getting yourself into a thought pattern that focuses on what you prefer and what, what you enjoy about it and why it's so much fun and why you love it so much. And you know, whether it be a person or a thing or a thought or an experience or energy level whatever it is so much better that way absolutely yes okay so we already agreed no one else knows what is appropriate for you and if we scroll down a little bit oh they give an example (laughs) this is kind of a funny example the example they give is well I'll, i'll just read pieces of it. it's kind of long but i'll read pieces of it it says, imagine that you will attend an Abraham Hicks Art of Allowing workshop. Now, that certainly sounds like a promo to me. <laughs> <laughs> that is true. That is true. <laughs> it says, you like, know. It's kind of like hint. hint yeah, hint, hint, right? <laughs> <laughs> that's so funny. Yes, that's it says, true. says, you know when and where it will be held, and you have made time in your schedule to <laughs> attend. So with relative ease, you make all the decisions that are right for you. Now, you look down the list of approximately 50 seminars that will be offered during the next year, and you pick a time and location that is most appealing to you. You notice that a seminar will be held in the city where you live, but the date conflicts with something else you had planned to do. So you look for an alternative. You then find a date that matches the time you do have open. You look for a seminar within that time frame, and you find one in a city that you've always wanted to visit. So you call Abraham Hicks, and you purchase your seat for the seminar. 
And since you do not live in the seminar city, you realize that you will need room accommodation and some sort of transportation. So taking into consideration your specific desires and needs, you make several plans. You travel by air because of the time factor, and you choose a hotel a few blocks away. And uh, because you're a member of their rewards program, you get a special discount and so on and so forth. And once you arrive at your city, you rent a car from your favorite uh, car rental agency. And on your way to the hotel, you stop at a restaurant that perfectly satisfies your cravings, cravings and that fits perfectly into your price range. You've taken very good care of yourself. In fact, you've arranged a perfectly wonderful, wonderful time. But, but what if Abraham Hicks Publications had decided that they, from their vast experience in offering seminars, were in a better position to make plans for you? So, based on what they have often heard from the thousands who have attended their seminars, they decide that they will make your arrangements. They assume, based on your address, that you would prefer to attend the seminar in your hometown. So that is the one they sign you up for. But then you explain that you have a scheduling conflict. So they adjust their decision and send you a ticket for the seminar city you prefer. And in like manner, as they make their decisions about what is the best airline for you to take, the car rental agency you rent from, the hotel bed you sleep in, and the food you eat, their choices would fall far short of pleasing you. You are in a much better equipped position to make those decisions for yourself. That's a good example. And they, they summarize it by saying, when you remember that everyone who asks is given, then how wonderful and appropriate it is for you to make the choices for you. For the universe operates much more efficiently without a middleman interceding on, on your behalf. No one else knows what is appropriate for you, but you do. You always know in the moment what is best for you. And that's the way the chapter ends. That, that, that's a really good message. It is, and I think it's also their way of saying, like, don't ask us to book anything other than... (laughs) 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 Yeah. But not only is it a promo, they're also saying, we're not going to do that for you. We'll just, we'll sell you the ticket, but you have to do everything else. (laughs) DIY, do it yourself. (laughs) (laughs) That's funny. Which is ultimately the right answer for any situation, not just law of attraction, not just trying to, to practice to be a deliberate creator, it's the best situation for everything. I mean, how often in life do, for instance, parents try to do everything for their kids or teachers try to do everything for the, for the students or employers try to do everything for the employees? And it yeah. backfires. It backfires every time. And yet, mm-hmm. and yet we keep doing it. We keep doing it over and over again. Um, it's fascinating how you know we'll we'll continue to assume that we are in a better place to evaluate for somebody else what that person needs, even though everybody has already built into themselves the tools that they need. I mean, Abraham Hicks so calls you, it. What the, do you think? What do you think they mean? Ask and is given. What do you ask? What, what and what's given? I'm not sure I understand your question, but, I mean, on the face of it, anything that you put out a thought or a conversation or um, an emotional feeling about, or well, not not just the emotional feeling, it has to be attached to something, um, uh, an event and uh, 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 anything, any, any kind of thing that can happen in life, even physical things, when you put out thought right. about it, you are, in essence asking for it back and it will be given back provided you don't contradict it in some other way <laughs> i think that's what asking it is given really means yeah. i mean what does it mean to you well to me it's just very basic like whatever you ask for you will get it but like you just said we 
can't block it. We can't we can't doubt what go into the resistance because then we we block it from coming. So I I think they mean both material and emotional thing needs like if when you ask for something you want it's on its way unless we get in the way of of it coming it's also i think a, a very important piece of it what the asking is cuz asking isn't just deliberate asking any thought that you put out is an ask doesn't matter whether yeah. you thought of it as asking i mean if i think about chairs and I'm not really trying to ask for chairs. It's just as if I asked, simply because I put it out there, simply because I focus for a moment on chairs. And I'm looking at a chair right now. And I'm looking at the chair that has the uh, um, the cushion that has a, you know, pictures of flowers on it. And, and so I have definite images going on in my mind. And if I stay with that, I'm, I'm almost certain sometime during this day to run into more chairs and more to do with flowers and more to do with cushions. Just because I'm focusing, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. and that, I didn't really ask for any of them in terms of a deliberate ask. It's just like I, I, started, I started paying attention to it. That's all. But what about what about deliberately asking for something? Is that okay? It's fine. Nothing wrong with it. Um, actually, that's what we're trying to accomplish. That's what deliberate creation is all about. Deliberate creation is choosing. It's it's expressing preferences, and once you you've decided what your preferences are, asking for it. In fact, the process of deciding what you prefer is an ask. <laughs> yes, yes. So, and I like that what you said. Like, like energy, like attracts like energy is also with our thoughts. Like, when we start thinking about something, chances are other thoughts about that are going to come in as well. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I, I found That's why it's important to always know, to be so aware of what you're thinking about because you know you're going to attract more thoughts like that. Right. I, I, I found recently that I hadn't paid attention to all the Abraham Hooks books like I should have. I, like I said, I, I mainly read the Ask and It Is Given and Money and the Law of Attraction. So I decided I was going to start to read some of the others. And in fact, I got a bunch of them on order that should be here in the next week or so. Um, and we've already started one. Louise and I started reading The Vortex. We'd never read that one before. Um, one of the ones that I'm waiting to come in the mail, I actually found an ebook of and I, I've been dabbling with the ebook, although I like to actually have a physical book in my hand. But um, the right. ebook was their book called The Law of Attraction. And mm-hmm. I don't know if you're aware of this. I don't even remember if I brought this up with you. But they actually state there are three universal laws in that book, not one. The first oh, law. Do you remember? Yeah, you, what is it? Well, I've got it written out here. I, I can just read this section because I typed it all out because I, I keep referring to it. The first law is the law of attraction. And that says mm-hmm. that which is like unto itself is drawn. Or like, like attracts like, as you and I like to say it. It's yeah. a, and it describes it saying, while this may seem like a rather simple statement, it defines the most powerful law in the universe, a law that affects all things at all times. Nothing exists that is unaffected by this powerful law. That, that's pretty pretty significant. It, everything mm-hmm. that exists is impacted by the law of attraction. Okay, so mm-hmm. that which is like unto itself is drawn, law of attraction. Second law is the science of deliberate creation. That's actually one of the laws. And it says, that which I give thought to and that which I believe or expect is. In short, you get what you are thinking about whether you want it or not. That's what we were just but talking about. To me, about. that's kind of like a sub a subcategory of law of attraction, but whatever. But that's not the way they treat it. They treat it as a separate law. And if you think about it, that, that makes sense. Law of attraction just says, 
we're, we're, stuff vibrates and similar vibrations attract to each other. It says nothing about applying thought to it. So it really is separate. And what's the third one? And then the third one is the art of allowing, mm-hmm. which is really interesting. It's the first time I've ever heard yeah. the word art expressed in a law. I've heard that I've heard that title before, the art of allowing. I've heard the title too. I mean, that's what they call their workshops at Abraham Hicks. They're the art art of allowing workshops. But, but to I, me, they're all kind of connected. Like, well, they are all connected. I know that they're yeah, but it's kind of like they're all kind of. And the art of allowing, the way they define that is really interesting. They say, "I am that which I am, and I am willing to allow others to be that which they are." So the art of allowing, as they're expressing it, is really all about people. It's mm-hmm. about. I am allowing myself to be what I am. I am allowing others to be what they are. And as long as I do those things, I will be allowing. Mm-hmm. And I've thought a lot about mm-hmm. that since I first read that little piece as part of the three laws here. And I realized so far every situation I've been able to look at and examine in, in my own thought processes and my own desires and my own preferences and so forth where I've put up some level of resistance, that resistance has indeed always been either about me or someone else. It has never mm-hmm. been just about things, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. which is really interesting. I mean, because I would have thought before I gave it a little deliberate, you know, attention that it was about things, that it was about events, that it was about stuff outside of my control. Right. But but when I look at them piece by piece, example by example, it's always about people. Mm-hmm. And most often, In other words, most yeah. often it's about other people. Because what's, what's In other words, this? you have to allow Louise to be Louise. I have to allow her to be Louise. Yeah. And, ever, and whoever else, you know, not trying to make them more how you want them to be or and such. Just allow. And if there are people allow. who, are, if there are people who are trying to make you what they want you to be, again, that's <laughs> violating the law. And, right. and and it's interesting to call it a law. I, I think what it, what the actual law is. Anyone who tries to make someone else behave in a certain way or think in a certain way in order to please themselves is doomed to fail. Mm-hmm. That's really what the law and she, really and says. She has to allow you as you are. As exactly. Well. Yeah, it has to be like both if ways. You don't wanna, if you don't want to load the dishwasher, she has to just allow that. Pretty much, yeah. Now, that doesn't mean she has to put up with dirty dishes. I mean, if the arrangement that we have is that she does the cooking and I do the dishes, she has every right to complain about that. But what she can't do is make me want to do the dishes. You know what I mean? She she can't control how I feel about it. She can't control what it is I want to do. She can't control what I decide. Yeah. She can try to. I mean, there are a lot of people who try to do that, right? I mean, how often do parents uh, attempt to get their kids to behave in certain ways? And they do so by teaching them that... If they behave in that certain way, they'll be loved. But they, if they don't behave in that certain way, they won't be yeah. loved. And so it becomes yeah. conditional love, which really isn't love at all. <laughs> right, right. And as Abraham likes to point out, isn't it interesting how contradictory they are? Because those same people will tell you that if you don't behave in the way they need you to, that you're selfish. But they won't simultaneously agree that they themselves are selfish for wanting you to behave in the way that you need them to in order for them to feel better. Yeah. yeah. Which is a really interesting contradiction. <laughs> <laughs> 
Because well, how many people are like that? You know, there are so many people who try to get other, other people in society to behave in a certain way, and if you don't, you're ruining my life. That's the implication in it. <laughs> and if you don't go uh, along with uh, this, you're selfish. <laughs> yeah, yeah. As if there's something wrong with you, you know? <laughs> How dare you not try to improve my life? <laughs> <laughs> oh, God, yes, yeah. So there, there's a lot of wisdom in this stuff, and it's been it's it's fun going through this book. I, I mean, we're almost through the book. We got three more chapters left, but I mean, you go through the stuff, and you, you the first read as you read this stuff, it all seems repetitive. Did you notice that? It can, it can, yes. It seems like it's saying the same thing over and over again. You, you have to read it a few times to get that there's a lot of nuance going on. Mm-hmm. It takes mm-hmm. time to work through the nuance. There's a lot of it. And when you work through it, all of a sudden, new questions start to arise, and you say, "Wait a minute! So, what are they actually saying here?" <laughs> and you, wait a minute! I thought I had this, but I don't really have this yet. What? What? What was that? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Amazing that something yeah. so simple can can trip us up so many different ways. It, it just shows how interesting we human beings are, and, and they refer to that in the workshops. I mean, you, you see it in the recordings of the workshops, right? You see them talking about how fascinated the people in non-physical are watching the people in the physical world. <laughs> oh, God, they, they must laugh a lot about the things we do or say. There was, uh, there was one that I saw just yesterday. It was a session from, I'm not sure when it was. It was from a while back. And there's this woman who, uh, for those who don't know, when, when you go to an Abraham workshop, um, and I actually have not been to one. I've only seen them in the in the videos. Have you been to any, David? I did. I went to one. Yep. You did. Know. Okay. So, did you get into the hot seat, as they call it? No, I, no. I actually didn't feel the need to. But, yeah. Uh, yeah. Well, the hot seat. They, they, it actually, I guess their preferred term is the love seat, which is kind of a politically <laughs> correct way of of saying it. But it, it's it's basically the seat that's right in front of Esther, who's voicing yeah. Abraham, and yeah. Anybody who is going to have the, the the next direct interaction comes and sits in the hot seat, and they set the mic for for that person, and then they interact, and they go through as many as they can um, within the course of the session of the workshop. Well, this one woman was in the hot seat, and you could just see from the look on her face, from her expression, from her body language, that she was not in a happy place, and she's sighing. And just trying to relax herself and so forth. And she says she, she's there to talk about some of her family members. And she's having a hard time even saying that much. And, and she wants to ask about families. And there's a silence. And then Abraham says, you mean like how they're overrated? <laughs> and that just breaks the ice. Yeah. I mean, she, she can't even focus right. for the next five minutes because Abraham just shot right to the middle of you know this thing that was driving her nuts. And you, you, you saw her go through the range of emotions because on the one hand, she's no, she, she's, she knows she's in the hot seat and she's laughing because she can tell, yeah, this is kind of silly. And on the other hand, she's pulling herself back into, yeah, but I feel so miserable. But on the other hand, this is really funny. But on the other hand, this is really miserable. <laughs> and the audience is laughing at all this. <laughs> I mean, it, it's, it's, it's comical to watch, but it's also kind of sad because it shows. There, there's an example of somebody who believes she's stuck. Right, we were talking about that in this chapter. Yes, and yes. she really isn't stuck, but she believes she's stuck. Just like you know, ten years ago, I believed I was stuck, and that I couldn't get out of it. That I believed that I was a a prisoner to the to the winds of fate where emotions were concerned. 
And that, right. in fact, right. I, I even believed that emotions were something I wanted to avoid. Believe it or not. Wow. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I tried very hard to avoid emotions. Mm-hmm. Because every time I got emotional about not something. Anymore. Well, no, not anymore. <laughs> <laughs> but in my experience at that time, anytime I, I felt emotional, it was always bad. Why would I want to go there? <laughs> I never had good emotions. They weren't there, you know. Joy, that happens, you know, once in a lifetime if you're lucky. <laughs> mm-hmm. And this, that, and then, even then, it just depends on whether or not something joyful happens to you. You can't control that. That's what I thought. I thought that right. for the longest time. But, uh, yeah, once you start noticing that you actually can control your emotions, and not just control them, influence them for the good, make them feel better, make yourself feel better, get yourself into a better feeling place, Boy, oh, is that liberating. Huge. That That's, that's so liberating. Yeah. It's incredibly re- liberating. Yeah. To yeah. the point where I wanted to do it all the time. Mm-hmm. Oh, and then you get the people. Now, tell me if you've run into this one, David, as a coach. How many people have said to you, well, no one can be happy all the time? <laughs> a few times people have said that. Yeah. It's actually a very prevalent idea. You you cannot be happy all the time. The most you can know, I've seen articles about this by, by leading psychologists saying that the most that you can possibly hope for is to be comfortable and, um, what's the other word? It's like comfortable. Um, uh, content? Content. Content. That's the one. Yes. You can yeah. you can hope to be content. That's the most you can ever aspire to. Well, that doesn't sound right to me. It doesn't That's even sound right. attractive. It sounds like, where's oh. the nearest gun? I want to shoot oh, myself. <laughs> <laughs> I would never want to just settle for that. No. 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 And, and it, I actually did not have to spend a lot of time climbing out of that one, but I can imagine other people would, especially people who yeah. have been indoctrinated by, say, certain religions that teach yeah. you you are born into sin and you are, you know, you must be saved and all this other stuff. Like, whoa, geez, I mean, what a number. Well, yeah. fortunately for myself, I didn't get caught in that trap very hard. And so I didn't, that part wasn't hard to, to get out of. But my my heart goes out to people who you know do have to struggle through that, and it's one of the reasons we do this show. We want to help people to get their daily dose of happy. So that's what got the the whole yeah. thing going in the first place. Um, we're we're actually down to the last minute and a quarter, so we got to get a couple oh, of housekeeping goodness. notes. Yeah, I know it just flies by, doesn't it? But uh, well, I, gotta, I hope I didn't I hope I didn't cough too much today. No, you didn't. <laughs> I hope that you're so going to get healthy. You, thank you for putting up with me today with my with Oh. Cold. I, I mean, I I just wish you happiness and joy because I know that the happier you feel, the quicker that cold's going to go away. So that yes. that's my main yes. motivation. But I do want to remind people if you haven't subscribed to the podcast, please do so you don't miss any of these because we're now doing 11 shows a week. And you don't want to miss any of them because that's a lot of doses of happiness. So subscribe at LOAToday.net or on your iPhone through the iTunes store or in your podcast software. Just search LOA Today. Or on Android phones, same thing. Just go to Google Play, search on LOA Today. And, uh, David, if someone needs a little direct private coaching assistance, how can they reach you? Yes, if anyone's interested in law of attraction coaching, they can just go to lifecoachdavid.com and you can set up I always offer a free mini session and it's all over the phone so it doesn't matter where you live and there's a calendar on there that you could set that up or you can just contact me through the website all right I'm afraid we're out of time but David it's been a pleasure and I hope you not only have a happy new year but I hope you feel better real soon thank you and happy new year to you I hope it's a wonderful year I think it will be we'll see you all next time here on LOA today goodbye everybody goodbye.